You are listening to the Millennial Nomad Coming Alive podcast series, where we explore 180 life shifts, inner transformation, and the pursuit of dreams. I am your host, Elmas Morangard, and I invite you to run with us as we engage in some soul talk. These interviews are some of the experimental ones, so please do excuse the minor sound quality interruptions that may occur. The conversations were too real and too precious not to include due to some tech difficulties. I hope you understand. For more information about me and my work, please visit my website at www.millennialnomad.com. Nomad is spelled with two A's, so be on the lookout for that. In this episode, I interview Faris Ziari, a petroleum and civil engineer embracing being gay and living true to his identity after coming to the U.S. as a refugee. Hi, Faris. Thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast interview today. Uh, we are now live. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm super excited to have you do the interview today because I think that you are uh, really an incredible person with a very interesting story and something that I haven't really talked about much on my during my interviews yet. So I'm hoping that you can really, um, you know, really give some insight and we can explore that topic with you. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Of course. So excited for this uh, interview. Yeah, me too. So the first thing that I kind of wanted to ask you, because obviously we've talked a little bit be- before this, um, is just about you and a little bit of background information about you. You're from Iran. You're born in Iran, and you lived, you know, abroad in different places for a while, and then you ended up in the U.S. And I wanted to kind of ask you what made you want to kind of venture out and come here. Um, how has it been for you? And what was that process of just, you know, moving to a new place like for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, as you know, my story, I've like, I always been a part of the minority in different stages of my life. I always introduce myself as a minority in a minority in minority. Um, I was born in Iran. I'm Iranian, but I never been treated like a Persian or Iranian uh, because of different reasons. First of all, I was born and raised in a Baha'i community and I was raised Baha'i, uh, which I wasn't Muslim. So I was deprived of like basic human rights back in my country. I couldn't go to special schools. I couldn't go to public schools after high school. I couldn't have a, like official governmental job, high ranking jobs. Uh, my parents or like Baha'is in general, they couldn't uh, get married officially for a while, or we've been deprived of having or receiving passport to exit the country. So all of those things made me like put all of the Baha'i community under a lot of pressure after revolution, just because of their thoughts or beliefs. Uh, so <clears throat> and main and on top of that, as you know, I was a homosexual in the Baha'i community, and you know, homosexual don't, don't have any kind of rights back in Iran. So all of it's a like mixture of all of these things. I reached a point I always wanted to stay in my country and serve my community and my people because that's my hometown, that's my home country. I know the culture, I know the language, I know everything about them. I can make the most effective communication with them and enjoy spending time with them and talking to them because we've been born and raised in the same environment. But unfortunately, at some point in my life, um, I reached, I think I finished my undergrad because education was really important to me in every stage of my life. I, oh, I love education. And I wanted to get the most education, the best one. 
And um, at some point when I was 22, first of all, I did my undergrad in an underground university called BIHE, Baha'i Institute for Higher Education, uh, which is an underground university established for Baha'is after revolution because they've been deprived of going to public schools. Um, I did my undergrad in that school um, and I finished it and I uh, started the master program in the same school twice. But unfortunately, I couldn't finish the program. The first time the government arrested the faculty, so the program got shut down after two semesters. And the second time the government arrested my dad because of uh, being an active Baha'i in my hometown. So I had to quit the program and take care of my family. Eventually, I reached a point that I felt that I don't have any room to grow in my hometown, in my home country, and my parents, they knew it, and they told me that I think the only way for you to get more education and grow more is to leave the country. And uh, at that that point, uh, I realized that I have to leave the country. And since I have uh, families in the United States, uh, so I had the support here, I came here as a refugee six years ago, and now I'm a U.S. citizen. I hope that I answered your question in a, like, very short. Yeah. No, you, you absolutely did. And I think that there is obviously so much to talk about because, you know, obviously, like, already moving from one location to another, it can be challenging. But to to move under those pressures and to come as a refugee, I mean, that that's an added layer of, of pressure that I think a lot of people um, – can relate to those who've had a similar experience, but there's also a vast majority that can't. And so for you, I mean, you were pretty young when you when you decided to, you know, make this move. Were you scared? I mean, were you excited? What was what was that process like for you? I know you mentioned your family, but did, did you have any concerns before you just picked up and changed your life? Uh, to me, like, that's a great question. When I look back, uh, my life back in Iran was I always like whenever that I look back and like imagine myself or like think about myself or how was my life, I always feel like I was in a fog, like in a fog environment and I couldn't see my hands, I couldn't see my legs, I couldn't see my face, everything was unclear, everything was under pressure and I didn't have any identity because I was deprived of all of those aspects of <clears throat> like uh, someone's identity and I was deprived to explore it, to develop it and to have my own identity. So to me, it was like, I don't know, I was kind of depressed. I can always, like whenever I think back in my life in Iran, I was always depressed because as I said, I never had opportunity to express myself and see who I am, what I want and what I want to do in different stages of my life, in different aspects of my life, from education, from career, from uh, sexuality, from religious thoughts or belief. In every aspect of that, I didn't have my own identity. So for me, at some point, I could tell that it was exciting because uh, I was hoping that I go to a country or environment that I can explore it. But at some point, I was really worried about my family because, as I said, at that time, <clears throat> my dad was sentenced to five years of imprisonment uh, because of being an active Baha'i. And he was in prison uh, for one year and he had four years ahead. And he was in the capital of Iran. Uh, he was in prison in capital of Iran, which was nine hours a- away from my hometown, which was where was my family, uh, which sorry, which uh, my family were. And I had a paralyzed brother. I have a paralyzed brother since uh, 
when he was six, he had an accident. Since then, he cannot walk. He needs uh, help, and um, uh, basically, he's dependent on other people. So I was like super worried about my mom, my brother, my dad, and the whole my family. But I was real, and I, I to be honest, when I my aunt called me and said that your case is ready and you have to go and pick up your um, visa from embassy and then go in two weeks to Europe to start your process, I was I was thinking that no, there is no way that I'm gonna do that because <clears throat> although it's better for my future, but. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen to my family and they're alone and I have to take care of them. But I'm so glad and I'm so fortunate to have parents like mine that as soon as they know about them, like my case being ready, both of them, both of them, without any doubts, they told me that, yes, you have to go. Especially my dad, he told me, and I love him. I love him a lot and I really appreciate his uh, presence and his support in my life he told me that for sure having you in your life right now it's gonna be it's gonna be a big uh, massive help for our family and for your mom and for your brother and for me and my business uh but it's it's gonna be short and it's gonna be temporarily even though you think four years is a lot but it's gonna be short and it's gonna pass and we are much more uh we are much happier uh and satisfied when we see you have progress, made progress in your life and established your life and being happy and successful and then look at look back and we are much more like we basically we are prouder to see you being established and have a like successful life to keep you here, stay here and like help us to take care of the family. So as a result, because of their support and I had their confirmation, I did the move and I moved to Europe for a while and I was there for a couple of months and then eventually I moved to United States but um, it was a uh, when I look back it was a journey like as you know Middle East has a different culture Europe has different completely different culture environment and eventually United States so it was a lot of adjustment observation and then adapting myself to new environment but um, I, was, I was really, to be honest, I was really hopeful and excited and optimistic about the future. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when you're, it, it probably is interesting for you to now look back and reflect on that time period, because when you're often in the middle of the change, you don't feel it as much because you're kind of in survival mode. You're like, okay, what do I have to do next? And then step three, step four. So you feel it. But again, you're still in some kind of like a fog. But I think it's interesting because now this time has passed, you look back and I mean, it to say that it was a journey is almost an understatement. I mean, it's a great, great, um, exciting, but also great challenge to be able to like leave a place that you've always known that's been familiar and start over somewhere new. And I think that's something worth mentioning because a lot of people do have this assumption that, you know, it's easy for people to just get up and change their life because they're going to someplace better but they don't realize they're leaving people they love and a country they love and a culture that they know. So um, I wanted to ask you, you know, when you first got to the States, how how was that experience? I mean, did you feel that the, pe- that the people that you met outside of your family were very welcoming? Was there a curiosity? How was that experience for you? 
Mm, first of all, that was a great point that you mentioned when you're doing or going through this type of transition, you're like kind of in a survival mode. I really liked it because that was exactly my situation because it's not like, I don't know how to explain it for as a someone, uh, someone who is like US citizen right now living in this country for more than six years. Right now, if I wanted to move and I, for instance, go to leave and find a job and move to Europe or to Asia or like some other states, it's a different story. I don't know how to explain it. Like basically you made your choice and you do research and you wanted to do go and like better your life and um, it's super exciting and you're like an established mode and you're going for the better version of your life. But for someone like me who came as a refugee, it wasn't like that. It's like you're like escaping or you're just trying to survive. I don't know. I really like that because it's like it's out of like as you said it's like a survival mode like um as i said it was like a foggy environment i didn't have to be honest um i didn't have any idea what's what to expect and i can say that i was really optimistic and really hopeful uh because of like families that i have here and i always seeing their pictures and i was like uh, seeing all those hollywood movies and i was expecting uh, my expectation was so high, but when I arrived here, when I like like reflect on what I've been through for the past six or seven years, I, I uh, I'm sure that if I knew it, I was I could be more prepared because it wasn't what it wasn't exactly what I expected. My expectation was a little higher. I was more optimistic about the situation and everything. But in regards to your question, when I moved here. Um, to be honest, I was, uh, shocked. First of all, I have like great, uh, big family here in Houston. And that was the main reason that I moved to Texas to Houston because I had like a great support system, my aunts, uncles, uh, cousins. So I had a like great Persian family here. But besides that, when I went out and I tried to uh, make connections outside of the family circle, um, I can tell that it was really, I was really shocked. Yeah, I was really shocked. And the main reason and the main thing that I noticed from the beginning, and I still struggling with it, but I'm more adjusted right now or more adopted, it uh, was the individualism. Uh, <clears throat> everything here in the United States is more self-centered. Everything... Um, uh, people do care more about themselves and their own life and compared to like Middle East that is, I don't know how to explain it, but the spirituality and religion is a big deal in those countries and people living for other people's opinion or for other uh, people thinking or understanding of themselves and they do care about what they do in regards to how it's going to affect other people i don't know they in general i don't know what's the cause of it uh sorry what's the root of it or where does it come from is it because of the social environment or because of being more spiritual community or more religious community they do care more about other people or what they think what their actions is going to affect them or um being trying to be nice to people and trying to do care about them support them in if in the, in case that they need but the main thing that i noticed here uh is more about uh, like yourself 
It's about, okay, what's the benefit for me or what can I do to improve my life and like less care about like other people. So that was the main thing that I noticed compared to uh, Middle East. And to be honest, in Europe, um, I didn't make that much connection and I was like hanging with my own circle of friends, which have which we have the same culture and background. But here in the United States, since I had to go and out and work and then go to school, that was the main thing that I realized. And I still, as I said, I'm still noticing it, but I'm right now I'm more uh, adjusted. And I, since I learned more and I know about it, I learned how to adjust my behavior with different groups and with different backgrounds. I don't know if I, I hope that I answer your question well. Yeah, you did. And I think you make a great point because I think what you're essentially getting at, you know, since, you know, I come from a Persian family as well. And although they've been here for many, many years, there are certain, you know, traits or certain qualities that have that are very strong still. And one of them is the sense of community. I mean, even in the my hometown, we had a very big Persian community and everyone was knew each other and was very involved and they helped each other. Um most of the time, at least, you know, of course, you have have some exceptions there. But I think that there is an emphasis on community a little bit more. And I think there's pros and cons. And I kind of want to ask you about that, too, because you mentioned that, you know, the US is a bit more individualistic, which can be great if you are trying to express yourself, it can be great if you're pursuing yourself, and you don't have to feel constricted or limited by the expectations of your society. But at the same time, it can be very difficult because there isn't that same feeling of support and community um, unity at times because it's just everyone's for themselves in a way. And uh, I guess for you, it's, it's you're kind of uh, navigating that in between. I, I mean, I, I'm assuming that – well, actually, I wanted to ask you. When you mentioned that people are more individualistic, do you find that it has benefited you at all in that in a way where it's good to be individualistic or do you think that it's really important to still have community elements? That's a great question (laughs) to be honest, because I'm still uh, navigating, as you said, in between. And I thought a lot about it, about different, because yeah, as you said, I was thinking about it whole time because I was obviously I was struggling especially in LGBT community I was really struggling to make great good friends and I have a like really uh, funny story about that because when I was like in the process of coming out I was always thinking that coming out is the hardest part like to make a peace with yourself and find who you are and then express it and accept it and then express it I was thinking that's the hardest part and then after that it's gonna everything is gonna be easy you go to bars and clubs and those are your people and your community and you make connections and you have friends and those are your people and I, that was my understanding. But when I accepted and the first time I went to the bars, the gay bars, I was really excited. But then immediately after that, I was shocked. I said, no, it's not what you think. Like, it's not what you thought. Like, it's everyone is just like about themselves and it's a lot of efforts. And it's not like I couldn't feel that sense of community that I had like back in Iran in my school or in Baha'i community. I couldn't have the same feelings. So I was struggling a lot. And uh, and that made me think a lot about these two uh, uh, end of a spectrum, like 
in a like community, being part of a community or being more individualistic and just do care about yourself because I saw the benefits and <clears throat> pros and cons of both of them. Like I was in a community uh, environment, like base environment, and I was suffering a lot because I couldn't identify myself as like in Persian community as Baha'i or in Baha'i community as homosexual. So it was a lot of uh, pressure on me because I had to portray myself be, uh, uh, based on the norms and principles and frames that that community has. And it was a lot of pressure for someone like me who was not fitting in those frameworks. So I saw like um, like disadvantage of those environment. And then I came to this end of a spectrum that everyone is talking, like caring about themselves and is super individualistic. And I had the chance to express myself and explore myself and be who I am and see like what exactly I want without any pressure of the community norms or principles or a structure or frameworks. And I could see like how people are treating each other and like hurting each other and just using other people's as the steps of a ladder to move up and not caring about them and about their feelings, about their future, about their souls. So I was, thinking a lot about these two and uh, uh, spectrum and <clears throat> to be honest I was really uh, hurt and uh, I didn't know where is my place because I couldn't see myself going to back to the super community-based environment because I couldn't express myself and then I couldn't see myself in the other end of the spectrum because I feel I get hurt and I'm gonna hurt people and I hate that because the main reason for instance I decided to came out to the LGBT people community was I wanted to be a better person I wanted to be more productive person I don't want to be sad depressed or um, not being helpful in anyone's life and just being sad and ready to die uh, that was my main reason to be productive and helpful and be a, like very positive person and I couldn't see myself in an individualistic environment be like that because I had to take care of myself and not care about other people so it was a lot of a struggle and a lot of thoughts and to be honest I'm still thinking about it but I think I learned how to make my own um, kind of space like um, um, taking like basically taking advantage of those two end spectrums, but still have my own principle. So I'm trying to get the best of both of them and not exactly meeting them at those spaces. So I'm trying to take advantage of like community-based environments like how they care about each other how you grow to each how grow with each other help each other to grow like not just grow by myself care about other people at the same time that i expect them to care about me and not hurting them because i don't want to get hurt and like move and grow as a whole community and learn, like get take advantage of those parts but at the same time take advantage of like freedom that I have from the individualistic environment that I have the uh, opportunity to express myself explore myself but to to the extent that I'm not gonna take advantage of other people and still have the community-based um, <clears throat> environments principle I don't know it's a um, 
it's really, 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 really challenging, and I'm still developing it on every like on a daily basis. It's my like I'm tr- like I think a lot about it. Like when I meet someone, when I uh, deal with someone, I'm always like evaluating myself. Okay, what you do? So it's basically to make it a win-win situation and not just a win-lose case. I don't know is it makes sense or to not uh, to you or not, but still I'm. Uh, like um developing those framework for myself because i don't believe in those two end spectrum basically yeah well it makes perfect sense because i think that you know of course your experience has been more extreme because of all the changes and because you've been the minority in so many different scenarios you know you mentioned being even within your own country in, in Iran of a minority faith and which is the Baha'i faith. And then within the Baha'i community being, you know, a homosexual or what, you know, whatever they want to call it there. And, you know, it is difficult, but I think that where I, I can really truly connect with you is, is that feeling because at the end of the day, it seems like, you know, you are a spiritual person and perhaps a portion of it may be from your spirituality. A portion of it may be from the Iranian culture itself, but um, something that I do, resonate with is the fact that society in general and then especially in places that are melting pots and there's not a stronger sense of community at times it does become difficult because the the reality is everyone is trying to think of themselves and there's a lot of people out there that I think want to genuinely help others there's there's truly a lot of kind people that I've come across too but those people who have the biggest hearts I've noticed that as time goes by and they get older their voices become sometimes quieter because they become so heard because they do get taken advantage of at times. And I think it's important for the people who share similar principles and values, no matter what background they come from or what language they speak or what faith they practice to support each other because you, then you can add, you know, goodness and light to each other's life. You know, like when I speak to you and you share your frustration with it, I can really feel that because I I know other people who have, you know, said, well, I'm always thinking of others, but others take, take, and they don't really give or they don't really connect. And I think it is important. And maybe you can spearhead that in your community. Maybe you can show people how to give while still protecting your own boundary and space so that you're not giving away too much, but you're still giving openly. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I had to like, um, to be honest to you, like I had to admit that it was really um, challenging to me uh, until like even like a couple of weeks ago, because as you said, since you have different culture, especially when you're dealing with different backgrounds, when you're acting based on your own principle and they don't know your principle, they think that you might be like, they think like less about you or they uh, think that you're needy. You, you see what I'm saying? When you are like showing care and when showing it like attention or do care about other people's uh, while they're just being individualistic, they think less of you or they think that you're needy. And that's a really challenging thing to me to how to take care of my own, uh, take care of myself and be act based on my own principle and not let the other people take advantage of me. But um i'm still processing it i'm still developing it and it's such like it's a challenge to me still but i had a like great story that i had a friend that uh we had the same like or friendship it was kind of in the same uh environment like situation that i was explaining i was always like giving and he wasn't um like giving me that much and he was uh, like taking 
everything for granted and he was not uh, basically he was not he was super individualistic and once uh, we were hanging out and um, he was like uh, blaming me or complaining me that I don't want to uh, be friend with weak people uh, you don't uh, you it, like people are like taking advantage of you and you have to <clears throat> be aware of that and and uh, uh, just um, I, you need to stand for yourself I don't want to deal with people are the, the, they, they he took it as being weak. I don't know how to express it or you get it like like he takes it uh, as a like weakness that I care about other people or I show my like uh, caring or all of those things. But uh, and I didn't take it and I didn't let him to affect my own principle because he comes from the majority. And in this case, I'm still in the minority. Uh, because of having this type of mindset and principle and the, the other day and he was kind of I can tell I could tell that he was kind of drunk but the other day he messaged me and texted me said that I'm so sorry for my behavior what I said you're an amazing person you have your own way and I shouldn't say all of those things you do care about other people and that's really that's something that I really appreciate and admire and it was a confirmation for me, okay, even if in this environment you're going to be a minority and not being like other people or not letting their actions or reactions affecting your own personality, but there is people, like if you are persistent and if you show who you are and what's your principle, they will get it eventually and they will gonna admire, uh, ad, um, appreciate it and they will understand it, that, okay, if you show like do care about other people if you're not mean to them if you're not just doing things for your own self or taking advantage of them it's not because of you're weak or you're needy or you need them um it, that shows you have a different principle and eventually there are there are people who understand that i don't know it was a good example but it was a good confirmation or validation for me that uh yeah, for sure. In the even in this uh, concept, you're in a minority because the majority of people they're just doing what. Uh, because that was like first the, the first thing that comes to like came to my mind. Like there are nice people out there that they have different principles. They wanted to be nice and they wanted to care about other people, not being individualistic or selfish. But <clears throat> after couple of like experiences they have with other people, they realize that oh, everyone is like that. Why should why why I should care? And they let other people's actions or reactions framing their behavior or instruct uh, framework or principle or uh, like their identity. And I, from the beginning, I realized that I don't like it and I don't want anyone's reactions uh, conditionalizing me and making my own framework. I wanted to make my own framework. Or I don't want anyone's actions or reactions or behavior make me change who I am and like treat other people's based on their principle. I wanted to have my own principle. No, I, I love that. And I think that, you know, what you said is so powerful that you don't want other people's responses or reactions to you changing you. And I think that is something really, really powerful that you just said. Um, and I hope that people listening can really kind of replay that and think about it because I do think that, you know, people do tend to let other people's react reactions affect them and I think the sad thing is that you know I I have this like idea this belief that like everybody is a mirror to each other so the people that are going to see the good in you because of where you come from the good heart you have they it's because they carry those qualities in themselves and they and they you know they they mirrored back to you and they appreciate it 
But I think a lot of people who are negative, and I'm glad that your friend came around, but I'm saying like other people who are at times very negative or they think that it's a weakness, I think that it comes from really having a lack of self-love. I think that people who think that being kind and being giving is a weakness or that being vulnerable or showing emotion is a weakness, those people need love the most time and time again. And they've, they've been taught perhaps from a younger age that emotions are bad and emer- emotions make you weak. And I think there is more shame and more, not because of them necessarily, maybe just because of how they were raised, but more shame and a need for love in them than even the people that are still giving love, even though people put them down. Now, I think boundaries are important. And, I, and I'm you seem like someone who does have boundaries. I mean, you're pretty confident, like you speak so assertively. And I think you do stand up for yourself when you need to. But um, boundaries are important, but to be able to give is almost like a superhero power. I think it's, it's very difficult and very powerful. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, I love that mirror part that you said that I completely agree with that because like the other day I was talking, like yesterday I was talking to one of my friends and I was uh, talking about someone and he knows him and he said that, yo, you should be aware of that. I like, I, um, warn you, you should, uh, take away from that person he's really harmful and he's like has so many negative aspects and uh, I was telling him that no I like met him a couple of times and he seems super genuine genuine and kind person maybe and I learned that I'm not supposed to and I don't want to know someone through someone else's eyes or opinion or I don't know any kind of like recommendation or warnings because I believe that as you said whoever whatever you treat someone that defines that how he or she is gonna defining himself if you are nice to them they're gonna act nicely but if you're gonna be rude mean careless or all of those like negative like um, attitudes they're gonna because of their upbringings or diff- different backgrounds and different like journeys or experiences they had their life as a defense mechanism they're gonna treat you the same way um, but i have my own principle that no matter what however people are like treating me or acting with like towards me i'm gonna be who i am and i show whatever i have in my heart or in my soul because like that's to me that's the weakness if i let other people's actions defining how i'm going to treat them is it make sense does it make sense yeah absolutely and i wanted to ask you a little bit you know i know that um a big big part of your journey and a big part of your your process of self love i think really was coming to terms with who you are and accepting the fact that you are gay and that you want to express yourself openly as gay and you you really took a, a many big steps to come out to your community to your family and then to the world so i mean how is when did you decide what was the moment that you decided it's time uh and for the first time i shared it with my cousin um she she told me that we always knew about it but we were waiting for you to feel comfortable to tell us so when i was 26 i came out to her and i felt uh, uh released and it felt that like thousands of tons uh off my shoulder and then after uh, since i expressed uh, myself and experienced that feeling or that freedom 
uh, I felt that, yeah, I wanted to talk about it to more people. So I came out to my other cousins and then uh, to my parents back in Iran, to my dad first, and then my mom uh, knows about it. And it was a, it's a long story. As you know, everyone has a different journey and different reactions. But I was uh, fortunate that most of my family members in the United States that I came out to them, they were super welcoming, super supportive. So um, in in nutshell, I came out like five years ago, like to my family members, but uh, I never felt that it's necessary to come out publicly to all of my family members back in Iran or uh, in general to all of my friends or to the world basically and announce that, okay, I'm gay. I was just like privately was gay. I was seeing people, meeting people and like making uh, friends and trying to make friendship in gay community um, till last uh, May that it was like, it was getting close to my fifth year anniversary, like coming up anniversary. And um, I reached a point that I felt that, um, I don't know how to express it. Uh, because um, I had a great conversation with one of my friends because I'm doing uh, MBA right now. I'm getting my MBA from Rice University in Houston, and I finished my first year. But I was a lot. I had a lot of uh, problems recruiting and telling my story, and finding a job. And one of my gay friends uh, who graduated from the same school, he told me that when I was talking to him and reflecting on what I have done and why I wasn't successful recruiting, he told me that you know everyone agrees that you are a nice sweet adorable person but you don't have confidence you don't portray confidence even in your voice and i was feeling that how i was melted and i was feeling that what should i do like in different stages or different um levels of my life i'm not i cannot be who i am and i have to portray whatever they're expecting from me from in baha'i community in the persian community in lgbt community even in the professional mba community i have to portray something that I'm not, I, that's not who I am. And I, at that day, in that day, I said that, okay, that's who I am. And I need to stand by myself. And from today, I wanted to be who I am and not being ashamed of anything. And I wanted to um, basically um, defend myself and be who I am. And from the first thing that comes to my mind was being homosexual. I wanted to be openly pop to public. And on top of that, so that was the first reason. I, I realized that one person knows more about my story, I gained more confidence about myself. But on top of that, that was my personal reason. But on top of that, um, I struggled a lot with my family, especially my mom. And since they never exposed to the LGBT community, they were not accepting. And I had so many, I tried to educate them because someone told me that when I was talking about my mom not being accepting or not being supportive, he, she accepted, but she's not supportive. Uh, she's a psychologist and she told me that uh, whatever takes you to reach a point that to accept yourself and express yourself as a LGBT member, give her half that time and she will meet you there 
And I was thinking that, yeah, that's right, but they need education. I need to educate them or expose them. I send her articles. I send her documentaries, movies about the LGBT community, or even like whenever I was going on a date or meeting someone or like have a gay friend or gay couple, I send her pictures to expose her to LGBT community because she had no exposure. They never met a LGBT member in their community, except trans. They met a lot of trans back in Iran because it's legal. Um, and uh, that's the way that they accept like LGBT community. Uh, they, uh, it, it comes to the, that zero and white, uh, sorry, zero and one or black and white or men and uh, women framework. So from LGBT community, they, ju- they were just exposed to trans. So if you have like uh, that was the recommendation. If you're interested in men, it means that you need to do the surgery and become a woman. Um, and I was trying to expose her and my parents to those, to these concepts. But then at, I reached the point I realized that, you know, if uh, my parents were exposed to gay community early in their life, they were more accepting or they were more supportive and I could came out early in my life and I could have more confidence when I was 26 and then when I was 30 and I could be more successful because of all of those things has had a huge effect on my life or impacts on my life. So I realized that, yeah, it's really important. And in Persian community, we have nothing and they have no rights. LGBT, they have no rights. And I wish there were more LGBT members coming out publicly and expressing themselves so like Persian community knows more about that and they know that we are existing among them and living among them between them but then because of all those situations I, I don't know you hear about that but there was this human rights report that they're hanging LGBT members like gay people in Iran I was thinking that okay gay people so uh, cannot express themselves back in Iran and then I thought that, okay, you're a gay, Iranian gay living in the United States and you live in a country, free country. So you can express yourself. At least people like you being in like free countries, they can do something for Persian LGBT community. And it's a huge uh, step for those who are living in Iran. So I decided uh, with um, uh, the same time of my a fifth year anniversary of coming out, do something for the LGBT com- Persian LGBT community and come out publicly and announce it and then accordingly do some like uh, activities to educate people like my f- circle of friendship and then hopefully beyond that, uh, the whole Persian community. Because, and I had, as I said, I had two major reasons. One of them, it helps me to be who I am, be more confident, because the more people know, I'm, I'm getting more confident. No one is going to ask me, oh, when you're going to get married? Or can I send you this picture? She's a cool girl, great family. She's mar- like, she can be a perfect a partner for you. Or when you're going to get married or having a kids, you know? having kids because having kids or being a parent that's the purpose of your life and those comments were like assault on my wound like because they knew they didn't know that i'm gay now i they know i'm gay and they there's no comment like that and i can't be who i am on top of that for the uh, social or um, aspects of it i was thinking that okay by me coming out if in my circle of friends 
or people who know me, if there is any LGBT member, they can feel, and they are inside of Iran, they are suppressed or they are depressed, they can feel that, okay, there is someone like me, and I know someone like me, his name is Forrest, and he's, uh, he's expressing himself, so I feel the same way, I'm not alone. And on top of that, beyond that, I was thinking that heterosexuals, like my heterosexual friends or family members who are living um, in Iran or outside of Iran, they had no exposure to LGBT community. By seeing me and hearing my story, they will be exposed to the LGBT community, and they will know that oh, I knew someone from LGBT uh, like uh, from his childhood, and I know how he lived and how he uh, like um, how he was. Uh, like deprived of his life so i was exposed to that so if in the future i was dealing because to me each individual uh, like one of them they in the near future or in the like long term they will be exposed uh, with the lgbt community as a friend as a colleague as even nieces nephews or even their kids or grandkids or great great grandkids so if they are not exposed to those uh, to this community they're gonna act like my mom they're not gonna be exposed to it they're not gonna be accepting it they're not gonna be supportive and help their kids or their friends or their nieces nephews or classmates or colleagues to take their take um, themselves serious and take advantage of their huge potential uh, inside their soul so that was my, my main reason, personally, helping myself to be more confident and socially helping my heterosexual or homosexual friends being exposed, feel more comfortable and at least plant the seed in their mind that we need to go out and educate ourselves about this community because they are existing and they live like close like close to me like and i need to know about them i need to know how to behave with them um instead and helping them to have a better quality of life yeah absolutely and i think that you know it's really important because not only can you know by you expressing yourself not only does it give people an opportunity to learn and they can go and further educate themselves but more than anything you know it it starts a conversation it starts a conversation maybe first in their heads people can think oh like well what must this be like and especially for those who don't know about it i mean i think it's so interesting honestly that your first exposure to really um knowing about like the homeless like lgbt community was 16 17 and nothing wrong with that but i i just think that you know because of the environment that you were in the access to information was so limited and then to meet someone for the first time um, at least openly at 26, you know, it's it's quite fascinating because I, I think that when you don't see representations of people that are like you around you, you start to feel very lonely. And but the, the truth is, you're absolutely right. Like there are many people around us at all times, some that are publicly and openly out, some might not be, but they they're there and they it's more than okay. It's a beautiful thing. I've never understood why people put it in categories in the first place, but I can understand that what people don't understand, many people are more likely to reject or fear, you know? Not everybody's as open-minded. Not everybody sees things from a higher perspective. Some people get very intimidated by things they cannot understand, especially if they, they haven't learned to think for themselves. So I think what you're doing is you're giving people a great opportunity to start talking about it and being open about it and learning. 
Yeah, I completely uh, completely understand. And uh, as I said, that was my main uh, reason and goal. Not because the people after I, I came out publicly, I I was flooded with like lovely comments, messages, like supportive comments. Uh, I was really, and I got confirmation and validation about myself by receiving all of those lovely comments. But there was few comments, the negative comments, or even some questions that, okay, like I had a friend that he messaged me and said that, yeah, you know, I really am happy about you and I don't have any problem with homosexuality or being gay. I think that's super personal and that's your private life, but I don't, I'm not, I don't agree with that part that you're announcing it publicly. What's the reason for that? Because, for instance, as a heterosexual, I have fetishes, but do I need to talk about it? And I was, first of all, I said that that's your idea, that's your opinion. First of all, homosexuality is different from having fetishes. And then on top of that, because of this reason that I said, I think the whole community needs to be more exposed to LGBT community for the future generations. Because I have a um conversation with with uh, with my mom I, that I never t- uh, told anyone but I wanted to express it here and like sorry uh, say it here and express my feeling because I was really 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 sad because um and I wanted to share with you and your audience because that was one of the main reason that I wanted to come out publicly um I had like lots of conversation with my mom as I said she was accepting or she's accepting but she's not supportive and when I was telling her that all of my friends like most of my family members that I came out to or my friends that I came out to they were telling me that they knew it and they were expecting me to be to feel comfortable to talk about it so I expected you to know about it that even my aunt told me that when you were a kid since you were always like playing with dolls and you were super like close to girls and playing with girls I was noticing that and I once when you were a kid I told your mom that um, I think you need to take care of him and take him to a a, like professional doctor to see what's the best for him uh, in order to help him and my aunt told me that your mom told me that um, that's fine. Don't talk about it anymore. And when I told my mom that all of my, most of my family members or friends, they told me that they knew and they were feeling, they were waiting for me to feel comfortable and tell them. I was thinking that you, as my like my parents, definitely they knew about it. That and that's surprising to me that you didn't know. But she told me that it was a really sad moment. But she said that yeah, I knew it, but I didn't know what to do. So I decided to ignore it. And I felt so bad that my mom let me be alone and let me be depressed and let me handle all of those burdens by myself from like um, when I was 12 or 13 towards when I was 26. And I felt that why? Like if you take it serious, if you talk about that or if you do something I could be happier I could have a happier like like um, uh, high school years or I could be more comfortable when I was in school or in um, university and I was I could be more optimistic about future and not being always sad or depressed or like questioning myself so I was thinking that yeah for me it's over I lost not lost I gained experiences, but I couldn't, I didn't have the opportunity to live 
in a way that I, ca- I could have a like happier like teenage years or high school years or all of those years that I missed to be happy on those years, but at least I can do something for someone else. So my question for you now is what makes you feel alive? And what would you, what would you like to ask yourself for the rest of this year? Uh, I like this question. Uh, what makes me alive first? Uh, I feel like, I'm a parent to a kid, which is the kid is myself. Someone is inside me who is growing and knowing him, helping him and giving him opportunities and exposing him to opportunities to explore himself and take advantage of hidden gems inside him. That's my uh motivation for life that keeps me alive like knowing and what's what's gonna happen to him what can i do best to him to know him better take advantage of his potentials and grow and learn and explore life and explore himself that's one thing that keeps me alive and the other thing that i always 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 love and makes me happy is or makes me motivated is like living with other people and helping them to have a better understanding of themselves let them grow help them grow help them know about themselves and their potentials their gems and love themselves and appreciate themselves and then uh, take advantage of those potentials in the like in in, uh, in them to grow and be helpful to themselves and the community around them. Because that's the end goal for me. Like to know your potential, take advantage of them, be happy with yourself and help other people to be happy with themselves. Like whoever you're dealing with, whoever you're interacting with, um, that's that's that makes me alive. Yeah. And uh, what was your question? The, the second question again? And the second question was, what question would you like to ask yourself for the rest of this year Hmm. a question that i'm gonna ask myself is um um i'm gonna ask uh forest that uh are you happy are you satisfied with your life or did you know yourself enough to make progress in your life because to me happiness and satisfaction is moving forward in my life taking advantage of my potentials not being lazy and making progress i wanted to ask myself did you know yourself enough and help yourself enough to make progress and take advantage of your potentials in order to be happier or be more satisfied about life to connect with Faris, check out his Instagram at F-A-R-E-S-Z-I-A-R-I. I'll be sure to include it in the description in the bio as well. As always, thank you for listening to the Millennial Nomad Coming Alive podcast series, and I hope you tune in for the next episode.